Praise God. It's good to have you join with us, those that are at home. God is good all the time, even on Mother's Day. Amen? Amen. I've worked uh, diligent trying to find a little bit of, of humor for today. And, you know, that's always a challenge. But happiness is seeing your mother smile. That, that is truly one of the exciting things of life, is seeing your mother smile. And uh, i got a few questions this morning. Why are computers so smart? It's because they listen to their motherboard. So if you're going to be smart, young person, you need to be listening to your mother. Um, what is motherhood? It is a job that requires no experience, pays nothing, and has no days off. Motherhood. You'll say, oh, pastor, I, I think that's better than that. We, it's not quite that difficult. It can be a challenge. Mother's recipe for iced coffee. How many of you like iced coffees? Is there a person in the house that likes iced coffee? Okay, here's the recipe, all right? Mom's recipe for iced coffee. Have kids. Number one. You've got to have kids, okay? Then you've got to make the coffee. And in the process of making the coffee, you forget that you made coffee. When you go get your coffee... You know it's cold now, so then you put it in the microwave, and guess what? The kids holler, and you forget that you put it in the microwave. So then you just drink it cold. That's Mama's recipe. Okay, the quickest way, the quickest way for a mother to get her children's attention. How many times have you raised your voice, said it three times to get their attention, what is the quickest way? The very quickest way to get your child's attention is for mother to sit down and look comfortable. <laughs> uh, I just love that one. That just really spoke to my heart. And the finale of, of all mothers, okay? Good mothers. Good mothers let their kids lick the beaters. Great mothers turn the beaters off first. <laughs> Do you understand what motherhood is? It, it is remarkable. For us men, truly, life is, is not near as challenging as a woman. And, and it would be good for us to take note of that. On an average lifespan, a mother will spend 1,117 days of her life in the kitchen. That's why you see all these kitchen remodeling ads, because there's a lot of time spent in the kitchen. Men get this idea, okay? The heart of the home is the kitchen. And the heart of your wife is you in the kitchen helping. <laughs> now, I know some of you women are saying, no, keep the men out of the kitchen. We don't want them there. We've got enough problems as it is. 
some of you are getting ready for this next edition in life, and some of you are, get, are walking out of this edition in life, and some of you are, it's a distant memory. On the average, the average child that is at birth in that first year will have 1,700 diaper changes. <laughs> oh, aren't you glad those days are over for some of those? And some of you that's getting ready, uh, we need to give them a helping hand from time to time. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Laundry. 384 loads of laundry a year. Now, I know some of you men do that, and that's why you have pink T-shirts. But thank God you're at least trying, and that you need to remind your wife that you're trying. And just for the notes, OxyClean will clean anything. If you soak it long enough. That's the key. It is amazing the energy and the strength that's expended through a mother's life. She spends 21 hours cleaning her house every month. Probably more than that for most women. But that's the minimum. And we just, the, the meals... The, the recipes, the shopping, the, 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 just the total constant chaos of life falls at the feet of mom. And thank you so much for making life better for your children, better for your neighborhood, better for your school, and by all means, so much better for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I look at mothers and I realize that the, their, their livelihood, their work is, is just remarkable. They, they, they just, seven days a week, goes on and on and on. And we would be well to, uh, to give you a break once in a while. And so hopefully somebody's going to... Uh, Change your diaper today for mother. Some, some of you are going to do a little laundry today, this week. And just recognize that as being so important. Jesus came along in life, and he made things work for women. In the Old Testament, if you was a woman, you, you were kind of treated as a possession. But Jesus exonerated that. And he said, it's not Jew or Greek, it's not man or woman. I've come to die and to live for all mankind. And, and so when you find scriptures uh, talking about women, it's because Jesus is the one who's bringing up the message. And, and in Paul's writings, you'll find that one-third of the people that he lists as people who have helped him in the ministry were women. And today is Mother's Day and we celebrate the diapers and all that, but some don't have diapers in their home because God hasn't blessed them with children. And so I've made it a point that on Mother's Day we honor women. We honor women because just because you haven't been blessed with a child doesn't make you a lesser person. You still have 
qualities and characteristics that you can bless other families who can get a helping hand. You can still work in children's church. You can still work in nursery. Yes, it doesn't change the fact of the hurt of the heart. But God can change that. God can give you a new perspective and give you the ability to look beyond what's going on in your life. As we, as we look at the acts of courageous women, in the book of Acts, there is a tremendous amount of courageous women. And I, I, I want to take you to, uh, to one of the most courageous women that I've ever met in, in, in the scriptures, and that's the mother of Mary. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. That's when the, the prophetess and the prophet was spoken to the child, and mom and dad just couldn't believe what they was hearing. When, when the whole message of her going to have this child came to her, she, she had a very uh, distinct statement that she made. And that's in Luke chapter 1 and verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. Can you say it with me? I am the Lord's servant. That's neuter, folks. That's all of us. We are the Lord's servant. And Mary took on this, this task of raising a child. And I just wish that the scriptures was a little bit more uh, clear on this fact. She, she was, took on the willingness because she found favor with God because she loved God with all of her heart. And she was courageous to have this child and to, to uh, be in troth to be married and, and end up being pregnant. And, and Joseph is saying, this is crazy. I don't want to be a part of this. And, and just the trauma of the birth alone was, was major for, for Mary. And Mary was an awesome lady. She had followed her son. Now, the scripture says that, that uh, when they had prayer, Simeon and, and Anna had prayer over him in the temple. It said, the next few verses says, And from there they went home to Nazareth. And Jesus increased in wisdom and understanding. I would have loved to have somebody just say, yes, and Joseph and Mary changed a lot of diapers. <laughs> because that's exactly what happened. You know that, I know that, but the scripture doesn't portray that. And, and they were, it was just exciting. There was a time whenever Mary and her other children came to the place where Jesus was praying for people, laying on hands, miraculous miracles take place, casting out demons. And they came and they said, get Jesus out here. We want to take him home. He's out of his cotton pick and mind. Well, the cotton pick's not in the scripture, but, <laughs> but that's what they was trying to say. And, and, and so they, they, they didn't understand the miraculous miracles that was taking place in the life of 
Jesus and how that God was doing great things. And so the act of courageous living is found in, in Acts, if you would, in Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simeon, the zealot, and, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together. Listen to this. They all joined. Okay, this was all the men, right? They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women. Along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. That's exciting because a few years before they weren't real excited about this ministry of Jesus and they're walking with him. They are being there beside him. The scripture says that when Jesus was hanging on the cross, there stood Mary in the distance. She was there at the crucifix. She was there, at, of course, at the birth. She was there at the dedication of the temple. She was there whenever he skipped town and they couldn't find him because he was in the temple doing his father's business. And the next verse says, And Jesus went home with his parents and walked in obedience. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This Mary is found in the upper room. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago, through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as a guide for those who arrested Jesus. And he was one of our number and shared in the ministry. The failure of Judas is, is mentioned so that his replacement can take place. In verse 21, therefore it's necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time, the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men, Joseph called uh, Barab uh, Bar Bar Barabbas, Barabbas, as also known as Justice, and Matthew. Then they, they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two have been chosen to take over the apostolic ministry, which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lots fell on Matthias. So he was added to the eleven. Mary, the mother of Jesus hung out for the business meeting. She was there in the upper room. It's so exciting to realize the tremendous anointing of God that was upon her life because she said, I'm willing to be a servant of the Lord. I'm willing to be what God wants me to be. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women, Mary, the mother of Jesus, 
and with his brothers. What an exciting combination of the church being started in how that Mary went from Old Testament thoughts all the way into the very brand new church of the Lord Jesus Christ and how that the Holy Spirit came and the Holy Spirit showed up and 120 people were all filled with the Holy Ghost. That means his brothers and his mother were speaking in tongues in the presence of God Almighty she listened to what her son had said, and it was to tarry in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. And she was the one of the number, the mother of Jesus. She was such a unique person. And, and we, we, she, she was a, a woman who was involved in making sure that the church went forward. She chose to be there and to help them chart the course, and get one more person as one of the 12 disciples. Mary was an awesome lady. She does not deserve the place of worship. She deserves the place of honor. And for some of you, that doesn't make any sense, but I came out of the melting pot of the charismatic move. And some people in the charismatic move came out of the Catholic Church and they still worship Mary rather than worship Jesus. Some came out of the charismatic movement uh, being uh, uh, just adding Jesus, adding the Holy Ghost to their former uh, rituals. And that, that caused some real struggles and trials for them. Jesus deserves total surrender. Amen? Jesus deserves total surrender. The Holy Ghost is powerful and it wants to transform our lives. And Jesus requires total surrender. Oh, I go on to to Acts chapter 9 to a lady called Tabitha. And her Greek name is Dorcas. Chapter 9 and verse 36. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas who was always doing good in helping the poor. What was she doing? She was doing good in helping the poor. She was an American. <laughs> no, she wasn't quite, but that's what we're known for in America, to be doers of good, do-gooders, if you would, around the world. Thank God. That's a good, that's a good nickname for you, isn't it? I'd much rather have that name than other things that have been called in the past. <laughs> Hello who was always doing good in helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. She was prepared to be embalmed. They, that is the normal procedure. Wash the body. When someone dies, you wash the body, and they would put it, if it wasn't in Jerusalem, they would put it in the upper room up to three days before they would go ahead and, and bury the body. And so... It was very normal and very natural what had taken place. About that time, she became sick and died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them, and when he arrived... He was taken upstairs to the room 
and all the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. They were, they were doing the eulogy. They were saying, look at what this lady has done for us. Dorcas, she, she made this dress that I'm wearing. Well, yeah, but you know, she also made this over here. And she made this. What a lady as she saw the needs of mankind. So Peter uh, sent them all out of the room. Then he got down on his knees and he prayed, turned around towards the dead woman and said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called the believers and the widows and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa and many people believed in the Lord. I think so. I mean, the lady's dead and she's alive. Who was she? What was she all about? She was a lady who cared about people. She cared about how people looked and wanted people to look their best. And she went out of her way to make things for them so that they would look good and that people would be pleased with how they looked. As the gospel spread throughout Jerusalem, the church began to spring up and in, in different communities. And this disciple, Tabitha, she was singled out for her acts of kindness to the community. She, she was an awesome lady. She came from a Hellenistic Jewish background and had grown up outside of Judea and and was assimilated into the Greek language and in culture. She, she began to just be moved into that, that, that different culture of life. And it didn't seem to stop her being kind and helping. She made tunics and other items of clothing. It is such a, a touching comment about a lady in Acts who's involved in Pentecost because she's in the book of Acts. She's involved in, in seeing the church go forward. And the other widows draw attention. The other widows are there and they are weeping because they don't know how to sew and Tabitha did. You say, Pastor, no, no, no. They're weeping because she died. How often do we weep because we're going to miss Mother's homemade pie, rather than we're going to miss mother. <laughs> Just say, Pastor, nobody ever does that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, nobody ever does that. <laughs> Not. Draws attention to the women. And, and these women, they're weeping. And they're showing Peter that, that Tabitha truly was a wonderful lady, that she lived in, in, the, in response to people's needs. An example of the Lord Himself. Praying over Tabitha. Praying over Tabitha. The exciting news is about to take place. But how did it happen? She was stone cold dead. How did it happen? If you'll notice, Peter says, okay, she's here. I'm going to pray. 
But before I do, why don't you all leave? You see, there was a morbid, grieving spirit in the house. And rightfully so, because this lady had been so kind to make clothing that fit, that looked good. And how did she do it? She did it with her own time. She did it with her own money. And she did it out of a heart of love and compassion. To help people. To help people look better. To help people feel good about themselves. She was such a lady. She was devoted to the resources that she had. She had devoted her time, her labor, and her love showed up. And they were so excited about her helping them at the same time so much at a loss that I'll never have another dress. I will, I won't, I'll put this in the closet. I'll never wear it again because I want to keep it forever to remember her. And Peter says, y'all, y'all need to leave the room. Why did Peter have everybody leave the room? I mean, when you have prayer meeting for, you, you want to resurrect the dead, you want as many people praying with you as you possibly can get. That's my thought. You know, let's, let's call, let's call the prayer chain. Let's call the different churches. Let, we've got to have a resurrection here. Let, let's get a bunch of people. Peter cleansed the room of all negative thoughts, all the grieving process. He cleansed the room. He got, got them all out of there. Why did he do that? Because it was taught to him to do that. He watched Jesus do that. And he said, if Jesus did it and he's commissioned me to be his disciple, I'm going to do that. He cleansed the room. You see, what we say is so vitally important. That you have to speak life to the situation. And Peter simply knelt down and prayed. I would like to have been there just to tell you the truth because it was a powerful prayer. I would have loved to have heard it. But the resurrection power of God was manifested in a body who was totally surrendered to God, who God had used mightily. How does this apply to us today? In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 10, 1 Peter chapter 4, in verse 10. Each one should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others. Whatever, well, however God's gifted you, you should use it to serve others. Faithfully administrating God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very word of God. If anyone serves... He should do it with the strength of God provides. To that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever. Amen. So we learn from Tabitha and Dorcas. We learn that we have gifts and we have talents. And God has called all of us to be used in those talents and those gifts. I propose you to go to Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12. We find another mother in Acts. Acts chapter 12, verse 6. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers 
bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the, in, in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off of Peter's wrist. I mean, this is an unbelievable experience. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him, Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was re- what was really happening. He, he thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and the second guards, came to the iron gates leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked in the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and he said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she requested, when she recognized that Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed. She ran back without opening it and explained, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When, when she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished, and Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said. And then he left for another place. Jailbreak. He finds himself at Mary, the mother of John Mark. This is exciting because the influence of a mother is absolutely beyond comprehension. The influence of a mother. And and I want to encourage you. Sometimes you can, well, it's not sometimes, uh, it's every time. You can raise five kids in the same house and they go five different directions. And mom, stop fussing about the ones who didn't follow your advice. Move on. Let it be in the past. Let God heal your wounded heart over kids who just don't listen. Sometimes hard knocks is the only lesson, and sometimes they're not pleasant to watch. But Mary, the mother of John Mark, she was blessed beyond measure because she had a beautiful home. And they didn't have dedicated church buildings then. They had homes where believers would gather together and enjoy and, and, and each other's comfort and, and pray together and read scripture together. And in the house was, was Mary, the mother of John. She was the hostess of the house. For a woman to own a house and, and, and a large household, it was rather uncommon, but not unknown at the time. Mary was most likely a wealthy widow. And you see, Jesus' mother, we don't hear about Joseph much, but we hear about Jesus being the first son 
and how he provided for his mother. Even on the cross, he takes care of his mother. And it is imperative to see this woman. She's, she's a, a wealthy widow. And she is related to Barnabas, uh, who had opened her house to a meeting place for the church. She was opening her friendship to others. Peter was a close friend of this congregation and Mary's son. You know, when you, you're the mom and your kids have kids over, they become your kids, whether you like it or not. That's just part of it. And that's exactly what happens here in this story. And, and the writing of the Gospel of Mark comes out of the livelihood of the mother of John Mark, Mary, the, the mother of John Mark. He wrote the book of Mark. His whole life was influenced by his mother to the point where he was friends with Peter. He was tight with God. And oh, it had to be so exciting. So exciting to watch her son write the book of Mark. A wealthy person. I, I want to behold, be, behold you that, that not all the women in the Bible are very poor and down and out. There are those who didn't have much. But here's a lady who had much, but she had given it unto the Lord. Lydia was another lady who was the lady that dealt in purple, and she dealt with, with the, the richest people on the face of the earth. And she was saved and loved Jesus. And so when we see all of this, we see the power and the plan of God. Rhoda comes into the household and she says, you won't believe what I've got. I heard Peter at the door. You're out of your mind. No, no, no. You got, you, you got. And I mean, the place is an uproar. And then finally, when they get the door open, Peter's saying, shh, quiet it down. You're waking the neighbors. I've got to get out of here. Hear my story. Hear my story. God miraculously walked me out of there. We had that automatic doors open for us. They didn't even have electricity back then. How in the world did they get an automatic door opener? You know what I'm saying? It's the power of God. His power is so much greater electricity. Unbelievable what God can do. Unbelievable what God can do. In Rhoda, just a servant girl used by God. She's dropped her jaw saying, Peter's out there, and, and there's just no way. Flapping her arms in a high, squeaky voice. He's out there. Peter is here? No, I can't. Yes, he is. No, you can't. Yes, he is. And God used her because she was a servant girl, and her job was to keep the door working. Her job was to invite people into the house. Her job was to build comfort in that home. And she did a very good job. And we're, when, we, when we recognize the beauty of this entire concept of the mothers and the ladies in Acts, it tells us that it's neither Jew nor Greek it's neither slave or free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And we honor mothers today, but we're all one in Christ Jesus.
The idea wasn't that the gospel uh, flattered humanity into uh, it, it into a hysteria that you had to be Jewish or hysteria that you had to be Greek. No, the idea is is that the gospel flattens all humanity to be raceless and genderless. In a society where we are struggling over gender, God says there is no gender. I want to minister to all people at the same time, all colors, all races. Everything comes under one melting pot. That is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way to get to heaven is through the blood of Jesus Christ. The only way to get to heaven is a relationship with Jesus. It matters not your culture. It matters not the color of your skin. It matters not the area of town you live in. It matters not your gifts and your talents. What matters is is the fact that you love Jesus. What matters is the fact that you let Jesus be number one and you let Jesus work in your life. Life is difficult at times, but God is greater. Life is difficult at times, but God is greater. And we've got to remind ourselves that what we say is what we get. And if we will simply begin to proclaim the blessings of God and say, God, you're an awesome God. He went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, John Mark. And he found comfort for the moment, to share, I'm out, I'm about to go do ministry. And so God calls us to do ministry and to be open to his call upon our life. Will you stand with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we're grateful today. So very grateful for women. So very grateful, Lord, for the courageous women of the book of Acts that lived their life some being very poor and popular, Lord, being uh, not having much, others having extreme wealth. But they all surrendered their gifts, their talents, their resources to you, and God, you miraculously used them to build the kingdom of God. And Lord, 2,000 years ago, this all took place, and it's still happening today. God, you have chosen every one of us to do our part. God, you've not, you've not called us to do anything other than what you've equipped us for. You, you don't make us do anything other than what you enable us to do. And so, God, we're grateful for the grace that enables us to do your will on a daily basis. Father God, thank you. No one looking around, but you'll say, Pastor, I... I hear that message this morning. And I want to be the person that surrenders my gifts and my talents to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want my gifts and my talents to be used for God's glory because I know if I surrender my gifts and my talents to God's glory, I know that knowing God, loving people, and hope revealed is the greatest thing I can do with my life. The greatest thing I can do with my life is knowing God, loving people, and bringing hope to people, letting hope be revealed in their hearts and their lives. That's the greatest talent that you'll ever be able to accomplish in life. And you raise a hand and say, Pastor, I today, Mother's Day, 2022, I want to raise my hand and say, Yes, Lord, here are my gifts, here are my talents. I give them to you to be used yes yes here's my gifts here's my talents I give them to you yes yes 
yes, yes, yes. Father God, yes, yes. Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, as we spend time in this service today, surrendering to the perfect will of God for our lives, we say thank you. We say thank you, Lord, for receiving our gifts and our talents today. As we have surrendered them to you, Lord, you are there to receive our commitment, our confession of faith in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving us of our sins and helping us, O God, to be the servants you've called us to be. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I'd like to ask all women 16 years of age and, and older, all women 16 years of age and older, come. I want to pray a special prayer with you today.